The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House Podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housen. Christoph Housen, yes, very good. You both got the housing in there. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that, Dan Housen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House Podcast, Housen. Dan Housen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Rough House Podcast, episode 211. Yeah. Yeah, 100, yeah, the, uh, 100 away from learning that amber is the color of our energy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, I'm Marty Oh, uh, come on, don't tread on, don't tread on them. They're, they're okay. They're, <laughs> they're down. They're just trying to down, play. Down. Sometimes yeah. they get all mixed up, man. You know, <laughs> they don't know what to do. <laughs> They had, uh, you know, I saw Nick Hexum go to the store the other day and buy a transistor. It was a, uh, it was a really weird sort of thing. Right, they were right next to the sound systems though, so it kind of worked out. Um, you know, it's. it's I, just... I went to I went to high school with a girl who was as of, you know, two thousand two obsessed with three eleven. I didn't know that, that was that was possible. That like, okay. Yeah, uh, you know they were like the first band. Uh, by the way, this is a pro wrestling podcast. I'm Marty. That's Chris. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, let's talk about 311. Yes, let's talk about 311. Uh, they were the band that kicked off the whole cruise thing. Um, like the boat cruises? Yeah, yeah. They were they were the first band to be like, we're going to have a cruise. Man, can you imagine the amount of weed smuggled on to that <laughs> cruise ship? Yeah. Look, man, like, once we get on international waters, it's all legal. Come on. Straight bricks. Like they built like an igloo uh, of <laughs> weed bricks. And then you went in there and just, you know, smoked it, smoked it up, smoked it up, bro. You Am know, I wrong they, or did they, they have a member home. of the band named Peanut? Peanut. Yeah, it was a bassist. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The the rap rock uh, era really brought us some some interesting names for for and, band members. Well, I mean, you know, there was uh, well, you had you know, Corn with yes. Monkey and Fieldy. Um, and wasn't one of them named Head? And Head, yeah. yeah and then yeah. Head left Corn uh, because he found God. And there was that great mm-hmm. T-shirt of Corn gave Head to Jesus, um, <laughs> which got God. a lot of kids banned in school. But oh uh, God. Some clever wordplay. Yes, yeah, no, 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 no. Play there. Um, yeah, yeah. The the new metal uh, and uh, you know late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, because uh, uh, Offspring had Noodles. Has yeah, Noodles? Yeah, yeah Noodles. Yeah, um, aren't he and Dexter both like PhD? I, I know uh, at least Dexter is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Noodles is. I think Noodles is as well. Yeah, love me some Offspring. Offspring is one of those bands. Uh, you ever see him live? No, no. Fantastic live. Oh, um, good to know. They played. It was the HF Festival. I believe it was the year two thousand. Um, and it was. 
the uh, the first one at uh, Ravens PSI Net Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big year for PSI Net Stadium because they had the Summer Sanitarium tour earlier in the year on July fourth. Ah. With Metallica and Corn and Kid Rock and Power Man 5000 and System of a Down, which was it sounds like it was a good year for Chris, too. (laughs) (laughs) And then the HF Festival in 2000 was headlined by the Chili Peppers because they were riding high, I believe, on Californication. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And then Offspring played right before them. Yeah. And Offspring just fucking demolished. They were so, so good. And then the Chili Peppers come out and, you know, they're doing their slow vibing songs. I'm like, yeah, you're putting me to sleep, Anthony. (laughs) come on flea can you can you can you pump up you know you know drop down to your skivvies and start dancing around get me interested in this not that i'm really interested in seeing flea in the skivvies but it's just right right. something to get my attention which which is interesting because chili peppers have like you know some high energy songs you would think and and maybe not come out hot yeah you you would think especially after a set like the one osprey does maybe you just have that conversation we go all right guys we gotta we gotta switch up our playlist like right that was but, the second biggest downer list, from main support to to headliner that I've seen. The the worst. Yeah. And this isn't a slight on the band, but just of how those two bands didn't work back to back. It was the Virgin Festival at Pimlico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't remember the year. But the Beastie Boys yes. <laughs> were the main support on the main stage. And then out comes fucking Stuart Copeland and um, Sting and the police and just doing their smooth reggae shit. And I'm like, bro, I was just mega hype from yeah, the Beastie Boys. Yeah. And then you're going to come out and do Synchronicity Part 2. Like, the song's great. The album's great. I get it. But, man, that does not mesh. Yeah, yeah. You know, booking a music festival has to be difficult enough yeah. But then you kind of have to act like you're putting together a playlist, and you have to and, worry about the flow, bro. Yeah, you, you you have to you have to make the sets sort of play off each other because you also don't want like straight high energy all day long because people will tap out like yeah. earlier in the day. So yeah, that 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 definitely does seem difficult. Um, yeah. So you know, I I, I certainly have uh, a, a, a sense of. Um, understanding you know that it's not the easiest thing in the world to to lay that out right because i mean when you have the fucking police reunited you probably have to put them on at the end but putting beasties right there is mm, it's it's not the best uh yeah best pairing um, yeah, uh, yeah, especially for for energy there. But I, w- I will get I will give the uh, the Mayhem Festival mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of props because one year they had, I believe it was Lamb of God was headlining, and mm-hmm. then in main support was Slayer, mm-hmm. and I thank them for that because while Slayer was playing, I had a chance to take a nap and go to the bathroom. <laughs> Because they are one of, and I don't care what kind of heat I get for this, yeah. one of the worst live bands I've ever seen. Yeah, they just it. Tom Araya can't hit the notes anymore. Uh, well, Kerry King now, just stood so. there with his big doughy, probably, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to, white supremacist probably. I don't know. <laughs> Kerry King gives off some uh, some MAGA vibes is all I'm yeah. saying. Uh, although I, I believe Tom Araya was on the MAGA train for a bit anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're boring Hey, as if fuck nothing fly. else, we learned that Iced Earth is this week. Oh, John Schaefer, R.I.P. Yeah. Iced Earth. Yeah. yeah. And Demons and Wizards, too, which was his power metal side project, yeah. which was actually pretty yeah. good. But, yeah. The, the primary thing I know Iced Earth for is they did a Spawn concept album, which is the most 90s sentence one can say out loud. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I never got too big into Iced Earth. I had a couple of the uh, couple of the albums and a, a couple of tunes that I played on when I had my uh, metal show at uh, on the HD channel there, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Riff, yes. which I still stand to this day was a great fucking name. It is. Uh, but yeah, RIP. R.I.P. That yes. and R.I.P. John Schaefer's career. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, uh, uh, before we totally pull up, I will just say, uh, pull up back into the wrestling. I will just say, for me, the most disappointing band, at least in terms of money paid versus quality of show. Yeah, uh, the Pixies are the most boring live band I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, I, I, I like. I was really stoked because I love the Pixies. I love yeah. uh, at least. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard any of the new stuff they released, which in and of itself is already kind of a, uh, a fragile scenario. I don't listen yeah. to the new stuff. Okay. It, well, it's just I haven't bothered. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, shit, the Pixies are back together. And, yeah, I know they have all their, like, creative tensions or whatever. But I was like, oh, it'd be really good. They were boring as hell. Like, th- the music sounded and, – and I'm I- I'm not going to sit and say it was a backing track because I don't think it was – but it sounded exactly as it did on the album. Yeah. Like, even when they would, you know, do like crazy stuff with guitar feedback and whatever, it sounded exactly the way it does on the album. So it was just like the most bland. You should have stayed live. home and listened to the album. Exactly. That said, though, TV on the radio opened up for them and they were amazing. So very nice. Very it nice. worked out. But man, just for like, because those tickets weren't cheap because they played uh, Constitution Hall. So, oh yeah, that's a great venue. But great man, venue, yeah. great yeah. venue. Uh, I also saw Conan O'Brien there, of all people. Um, <laughs> but it's a great venue. I saw Opeth there. Nice, uh, but Swedish, it's, uh, it, it, Swedish it's a great venue. It's in that like nice like they're a big enough band, but therefore you know they they aren't playing an arena, even though they probably could scenario. Uh, didn't they play the uh, Baltimore Arena at some point? I, I think they did later okay. on. This was later like when on. they first got back together. <laughs> Gotcha, so gotcha. it was one of those things like, oh, shit, that's actually a really nice size venue to see them in. And I was bored to fucking tears. <laughs> was there that one guy in the back saying, play the Fight Club song? <laughs> there, there, there definitely was a, a moment where they played Where Is My Mind that you could tell that that's what's, you know, a good They didn't play it last? See. Um, no, I don't they think have they a bigger did. song than that. Uh, well, to them, they do. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I could not name another Pixie song. I'm sorry. Uh, I right now under pressure, I'm having a hard time doing so because <laughs> I'm just like, it's the one where Frank Black freaks out. Oh, wait, that's all of them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this is a pro wrestling podcast, and despite okay, let's just talk about music the whole time. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm enjoying could. this. We'll do we, us. We, 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 you know what? That should be something we do. On, on the, the page, Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash Concert, concert, uh, concert stories. Yes. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll p- pencil that in. Yes, we should definitely do that. But uh, this is a pro wrestling podcast, and <sighs> the world gave us <laughs> a very, very strange week to start what we were hoping would be a better year. But the world of pro wrestling delivered in spades. But before we talk about a oh, year of pro wrestling that is already delivering in spades, let's talk about something less great the world wrestling federation what are you talking about this is the greatest news ever it's the revolutionary force in sports entertainment all right we're a few weeks away from the royal rumble and as we Hell were talking yeah. about before we recorded the royal rumble is if not the number two definitely the number three most important show to the wwe obviously wrestlemania is a number one sure SummerSlam and royal rumble tend to go back and forth for being the two spot 
And really? despite being the one night of the year where Smack, uh, 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 superstars of Raw and SmackDown go head to head, Survivor Series nowhere near the top. Yes, yes. actually, I'd, I'd say Money in the Bank has surpassed Survivor Series in terms oh, of Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, basically, when they had like that five six year span where they did not do the elimination tag matches, Survivor yeah. Series has been on death's door. Yeah, and, and now that they're doing this. You know, cross promotion, quote unquote, cross promotional thing where brand supremacy, nothing. yeah, um, where the points are made up and nothing matters, yeah, yeah. not not very good. Um, oh my god, how have they not gotten WWE Hall of Famer Drew Drew Carey to host that? Have you seen Drew Carey lately? By the way, uh, not in the past like year or so. Has he lost even more weight? It's not so much he's lost even more weight. He gained a shit ton of beard. He oh, went really. He went hard on the pandemic beard. Because uh, okay. uh, they they started uh, premiering new episodes of Price is Right recorded during COVID, uh-huh. where literally the audience is just made up of the people who are the who they're going to call up. Oh, that's weird. And and it is a strong beard. He doesn't look like Erwin Rettenbacher anymore, which is good for him. But uh, yeah, he grew out he the looks hair like and the beard. Um, Kirk Douglas in Hateful Eight. <laughs> Look at that photo. I don't know if you can see that photo. Yeah, I, I am. Yes, yes. Uh, I said I, uh, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell, Douglas. not Kurt Douglas. You know what I mean. Kurt Douglas would have been. Not Kurt. He is way, he's yeah, way old. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he is Spartacus. Um, <laughs> he would have been an oil chair for. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. For Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Um, it's early, and I'm actually, you know what? I'm kind of into the Drew Beard. Yeah, this no, is, no, no. It's it's a, it's a good look for him. It's just very jarring when your mental image is Drew Carey show Drew. Yeah, I adore Drew Carey show like that oh, was it was great that was one of my favorite shows of that era and it's not streaming fucking anywhere no it's I think it's a music rights <clears throat> issue because they use so uh, many songs a lot of music yeah. yeah I believe it is on the digital network uh laugh though okay uh, the LAFF one yeah I believe it's on one of those okay um, yeah I uh man fucking loved love love that show uh, the president of the United States of America doing the Cleveland Rocks intro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just so fucking – and it brought us the genius of Craig Ferguson. And yes. Man, he I, – I still lament the loss of the Craig Ferguson late late show. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he was I agree. so fucking good. I know. So way, way off track. Anyway, Drew Carey rocks. I still have his book, uh, Dirty Jokes and Beer, Stories in the Unrefined. It's on my bookshelf. Uh, in said book is a chapter of 101 Big Dick Jokes. <laughs> because that's that's our Drew. Uh, so Royal Rumble is coming up. Let, let, let's see what day it is. Uh, Which Royal Drew Carey Rumble. returned in the Royal Rumble in one year. He, I'm just saying. He did. He did. Very true. Uh, we are uh, currently three weeks away from the Royal Rumble. Oh, God. This week, they <laughs> unveiled the two title matches. Not the Rumble matches, the title matches. Again, second or third biggest show of the year for WWE. Chris, I'd like you to guess. <laughs> who is Drew McIntyre going against? Oh, wow. Drew McIntyre. Okay, so he's the Raw. Is he he's, Universal? He's or a Raw he... World Champion. War, the Universal Raw title World moved over to SmackDown. Okay, I wasn't sure which one yes. was where. Okay, all right. So, uh, all right. Drew McIntyre has mm-hmm. uh, defeated all comers since winning the title from Brock Lesnar in commanding fashion at WrestleMania yes. almost a year ago at this point. Well, he, he did drop it briefly to Randy Orton, but he won it back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. uh, he's beaten most comers. Yes. <laughs> since winning yes. the title almost a year he's, ago. He's been mostly dominant this year. Okay. So, Raw. 
Uh, let's see, Kevin Owens. That whole th- Kevin Owens thing's on SmackDown, so he's mm-hmm. not in the running there. Uh, let's see, Randy Orton's a top guy there. Edge is still out, I mm-hmm. guess. Not mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know healing from his injuries uh, from the greatest other- match ever, which placed third in the. WWE 2020 uh, year-end rankings. Sweet hysterical irony. Um, but it's not really irony at that point, but yeah. uh, it's just self-parody. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Drew McIntyre, who's a top guy? Top guy uh, on the Raw side of things. I mean, I know the Hurt business is cleaning things up, um, mm-hmm. all sorts of things like that. Uh, you know, it's a big show. You you want an, uh, an opportunity to, you know, maybe help push a new guy. So, yeah. Let's uh, Keith Lee. I think would make the most sense no, nope, not Keith Lee, not, not Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. He did have a title shot this week in a match that was very good. Okay, but uh, right. not Keith Lee, not Keith Lee. Uh, what about uh, you know are they are they jump starting uh, old punishment Martinez up to the uh, you know bringing him in? Like, no, no, no. Damian Priest, that's the name. Yeah, right. Damian Damian Priest was going to be brought in, but got shot down by both Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. So okay, uh, all right, uh, for two. Not, not so much see. for him. Uh, Daniel Bryan is on SmackDown. Right, that's right. Okay, wow, that's a lo- who the fuck else is left on Raw? That's a great point because they the had Miz? to bring in well, John Morrison. <laughs> no, no, I mean they're both on Raw, but it's not them. They brought in Daniel Bill Trump. Goldberg. Billy. Bill Goldberg. <laughs> William by God Goldbergenson. Yes. Uh, Goldbergstein. Cool. <laughs> yes, Bill Goldberg. Four years after beating Kevin Owens for the title. That was four title. years ago? Four years ago. Yes, it was 2017. So four years ago. wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. And then he had this uh, legitimately very fun match against Brock Lesnar at uh, WrestleMania that year. Four years ago. Four years ago. This will be WrestleMania 37? Yes. Yes. yes Holy it, shit. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, yeah. Bill Goldberg. Four years after his comeback, about <sighs> about a year after defeating the fiend, <laughs> remember that? Oh my happened? god, I even forgot about yeah. that. I was yeah. I was going to say his last match was the debacle in Saudi Arabia where he no no his last match had was his neck uh, broken by Undertaker. His last match was against uh, Braun Strowman at, at WrestleMania this year because it was you supposed had a match to be, at WrestleMania. It was supposed to be Roman Reigns <laughs> versus Goldberg, and Roman dipped out because he just oh. had kids and didn't want to get COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, Goldberg's back. Okay. And uh will be champion at the end of the Royal Rumble. Okay. He may be champion at the end of the Royal Rumble and head on to uh WrestleMania. Uh we we Cool. We, all right, okay. So Raw already kind of a shit show. On the SmackDown side of things, you were naming some names. Yeah. Roman Reigns defending uh, against uh-huh. Daniel Universal Bryan. title. Not so okay. much. Not Daniel Bryan. Uh, who are the other people I said? Uh, Kevin Owens? Is they still keeping that? No, no, no. Big E. Oh, no, he just won the IC title. Yeah, <laughs> not Big E. Oh, okay, not Big E. Uh, what about, um, uh, are they going to do a, a family angle with Jimmy or John or Jay? Or, no, know, they're, they're, just a, they're just a stable now. Okay. All right. What do they call it? The family or something? <laughs> I don't think they have a name yet, but that that would okay. be that would be a great name. It <laughs> should be "I Am the Table" and uh, <laughs> ask Metallica for uh, yeah. the rights to Lulu, which they'd be more than happy. Yeah, to exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They'll give it to you for a song. <laughs> <laughs> I am the table. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, All right. You know what? I uh, will. I, I I will make this more fun for you. They had a gauntlet 
title match. Okay. On SmackDown. Right. What about on, Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn still in play? Yeah, uh, Sami Zayn still employed. He was not part of it. So, uh, okay. oh, I'm sorry. He was part of it. The gauntlet was Daniel Bryan. Okay. Baron Corbin. Uh-huh. Rey Mysterio. Booyaka. Sami Zayn. Okay. Skankin. Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. Artisting. And Adam Pierce. Wait. Scrap Daddy? Scrap Daddy. Old Scrap Daddy Iron Pierce. Yes. Who, who has basically been the on-screen GM for both shows. Is he the one who's married to Killer Kelly, or was that uh, uh, was that QT Marshall? Was that uh, I don't know who's married to Killer. Wasn't Kelly. wasn't the, a wrestler who was in the ROH uh, back one of those people? I don't uh, know. Am I, am I making stories up? I don't know. This I okay. do not know. But what, would anyway. you would you like to guess of those individuals who is fa- so we've got <laughs> Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin, Rey Mysterio, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Adam Pearce. So. Uh, it's got to be Adam Pierce. Yes, it's Adam yes. Pierce. Yes, Scrap of course. Daddy, with, with a list Scrap like Daddy that. putting on the strap once again. People who have headlined WrestleMania, people who have headlined Wrestle Kingdom, people, people who, who have run the won the Royal Rumble, multiple. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Why wouldn't you ha- give a chance for your second biggest title or tie for the best title and your yeah. universal title? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you give it to the retired road agent? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why not? That'll put butts in the seats. Who cares about butts and seats? They need faces on screens. That's what they need, Chris. <laughs> Jesus you don't fuck. need butts and seats when you got faces on screens. By the way, they're broadcasting from a fucking baseball stadium. I don't think we talk about that enough. I don't think we've talked about it at all, to be honest with you. <laughs> but so yeah, I think wrestling fans shop. in general are not discussing this anywhere near enough. That 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 <laughs> wrestling just is from a stadium full time right now. Is is there any visible difference? No. <laughs> okay. I didn't think so because I don't remember. I remember seeing like a photo of like from the. From the nosebleeds at the trop uh, up there of, of the whole setup. But then I remember seeing a couple stills of how it was all presented and it looked exactly the fucking same. Yeah, so. yeah. Like uh, in in a very weird turn of things, this is basically the perfect situation for the WWE. Every week looks exactly the same. They can control the crowd response because they have the button on the audio. Uh, it's It's everything they could want. Um, it's almost as if uh, WWE was run by some kind of dictator. <laughs> almost, almost as if. Yeah, yeah. Also, Chris, in a bit of news, I know that I'm that will sure be sure to make you happy. Mm. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler are now the SmackDown Tag mm. Team Champions. Uh, they, I thought they weren't a thing anymore. Is that? Uh, they're um, a team again, and they have a name. Would you like to guess their name? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Sh- uh, show. St- he was a show stealer. He's by glorious, glorious show stealers. Glorious uh, show. Uh, no, I don't want to guess. <laughs> they are the dirty dogs. D a w g s. Oh, oh god. <laughs> oh god. No. Mm-mm. Nope. No, no, <laughs> nah, Mm-mm. nope, nope, no, no. It's okay, Chris. No. I, I, I know no. what I know. I know what you can no. pull you out of this. Uh-uh. I know mm. what you can, Chris. Mm-mm. I can pull you out of no. this. No, listen, listen closely.
That's right, folks. That <laughs> jazzy little number. That right there is the official theme of Wrestle Kingdom 15, which took place Monday and Tuesday in a very underfilled Tokyo Dome. Eleven thousand night one, seven thousand night two. All the baseball stadium wrestling. Yes, all the baseball stadium. But you know what, Chris? For as much as we were like, mm, this this looks like kind of a weak show on paper. Uh, this kind of looks like it may not be very good. I don't know how it's going to go. It was really fucking great. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of greatness happening over those two nights. Admittedly, I did not watch every match. I did not yes. have uh, the time for that. I had a wicked, crazy work week. Yeah, still, um, still uh, nine hours worth of wrestling over two days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then if you wanted to catch any New Year's Dash, there's yes. that too. So yeah, um, we'll get to that. Yes, on on the top tier of things we're talking about, the prophecy has been fulfilled as Kota Ibushi defeated Tetsuya Naito on night one, defeated Jay White on night two, is your IWGP double champion, and has become God. He did it, Chris. He did it. I mean, it. he was my God for a period of time yes. prior to this. Yes. But it's good that he's finally ascended to Godhood. It was yes. inevitable. Yes, and uh, what uh, what a start of a year for Kota Ibushi. Two of the damnedest matches you'll ever see. Uh, night mm-hmm. one, uh, Ibushi versus Naito uh, was probably the perfected version of the Ibushi-Naito match. Just dangerous yeah. enough, not super crazy dangerous. Um, you know, I, I had to re- remind myself that we were live and present for one match of their uh yeah, we were. their run as they went against each other at uh MSG last year. That's or, on the that's on New Japan World, isn't it? That yeah, whole show? Yeah, the whole show is on there. I have to run that back and see how it looked yeah. on uh on camera. Yeah. Uh, I I I hear it worked out pretty well minus an entire half of the show from another company. Um <laughs> but yeah, uh the less we talk about Matt Taven the better. <laughs> yes, yes. Always the better. Uh, but Naito and Ibushi had a hell of a match night one. Absolutely incredible. Um, you know, Naito really putting over Ibushi on the way out. Uh, I loved uh, Ibushi's sell after the match thinking he hadn't actually won yeah. and trying to go for another fall. Uh, then night two, you had Ibushi against who has become his number one villain, uh, and Jay White. These two have been intertwined since uh, the 2019 G1 finals. Um, you know, they, they've faced each other multiple times. And of course, uh, white having stolen the briefcase with feet on the ropes earlier, uh, in the run to the Tokyo dome. Um, this was basically the grudge match of the two and hands down one of the best matches that Bushi's had and definitely the best match Jay white has ever had full stop. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think Jay white has finally, you know, despite losing uh reached that level and you know again it was kind of the perfected version of the white ibushi you know sort of match Mm -hmm. uh as as the one that they've had you know over the course of the couple years here um there were callbacks there was you know we had uh, we had a little bit of uh, of Gato interference, but mm-hmm. you know he got uh, he got put away with a Kamagoye uh, relatively yes, quickly, yes. so it became not much of a factor. Um, but we we had Murder Ibushi show up and even called out on commentary. Yes, which you know I I do have to give 
a lot of credit to the commentary team. I think one of the greatest trios, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. not the best trio going right now, of uh, Kevin Kelly, Rocky Romero, and uh, Chris Charlton. Yes. Uh, they all bring something different to the the commentating and all elevate the product, especially for somebody who doesn't know the long storied history of new japan of right. which history is a major part like a lot of things from years ago get referenced uh on on a regular basis there they're not like wwe where they forget things that happened two months ago and you know it's just conveniently not a part of the story yeah, everything yeah. adds to the story um but yeah white uh white and abushi could I have taken maybe seven to ten minutes less of it and still enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think you're probably right there, as it was the longest match in Tokyo Dome history, going 48 minutes and five seconds. Right, because the Iron Man uh, Okada Omega match was Dominion, I think. Yeah, it was Dominion yeah. and, and uh, I think it was uh, Osaka Joe Hall. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, the the prior record was uh, Omega Okada one, the first one. Yeah. Yes, um, but they beat uh, it by like three or four minutes or something so, like that. Something like that. Uh, I, you know, it, it's not a match that I would tell the average. You know, if this is your first time watching New Japan, uh, you know, strap no, in. That that ain't what you what you want to start with. We'll talk about a match you want to start with. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, it, 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 it's a very, very good match, even though it took its time to build. The, the finishing stretch was unreal, uh, really getting was. A, a, a Tokyo Dome crowd that had been very good about clapping to legit hoot, holler, and yell. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that, that tells you about how good these guys were at telling their story. And after the match, after that main event on night two, Jay White cutting the promo of a lifetime. Um, as legitimately he is at a crossroads in his career storyline wise, you know, he, he has been, uh, built up as, as the guy to take out Abushi. He was the guy to, to carry the club to the next level. Uh, and he's sitting there and just staring at his hands, uh, not in the NXT way, (laughs) but, (laughs) but wondering, uh, how he could not live up to the hype, how he could not live up to the destiny he had built for himself, how he had spent seven years, gone through the New Japan Dojo, become the top gaijin, become the leader of the top heel group, done all of these things, won the briefcase, and he was not able to do it at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, and legitimately, Jay White, his deal is uh, up with New Japan Pro Wrestling at the end of the month. Uh, and rumor and scuttlebutt says, uh, uh, triple H has been a Cullen. Um, so we will see what happens with Jay because he is legitimately after this week, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, period. Uh, you know, all facets of his game, dude's in incredible shape. Uh, he got his look right with the beard. Cause let's be honest without that beard. He does kind of look like Ted Cruz. Um, he, he, uh, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Uh, his, his game is unreal. He, you know, we've talked a, a lot of times in discussing his matches in the past. He is not what you would call a flashy worker. 
He is instead uh, a smart worker, mm-hmm. um, which I think is just going to add to his longevity as a wrestler. I mean, he's only mm-hmm. 28 years old. He's yeah, got and old. everything's so crisp and fluid and, mm-hmm. you know, the psychology is there. He knows how to get heat. Exactly. He knows how to tell these stories in the ring. He, you know, like he said, he's uh, a total package of, yeah. of what you want in a pro wrestler. And the fact that he is 28 and he has his best years ahead of him. Yeah, uh, you know the dump. The Brinks trucks are going to be backed up from one company or another. Yeah. I, you know, the of course the rumor and scuttlebutt say Triple H wants them. Hopefully not for NXT. I mean, I feel like yeah. he should be, you know, immediately. Look, established Chris, he's got to learn a, how to work the hard cam. <laughs> Jesus fucking. Christ. As the meme goes, um, I would not also be surprised if uh, old TK Tony yeah. Khan is, uh, yeah. you know, offering a substantial amount of money. Considering this week has brought a lot of the uh, of of the Bullet Club legacy to uh, yeah. AEW, uh, not a bad piece to include there, especially considering Jay was the one who kicked Omega out. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I, I would love to see that. I'd lo- you know, uh, I don't think they would, but if Ring of Honor wants to back up the Brinks truck, uh, hey, they just got rid of a pretty heavy contract the other day. So yeah. why not? Why not? Uh, just replace one foreign bullet club white dude with another one um well, one with a, a less troubling social <laughs> background though. exactly exactly uh but you know, know uh if anything my hope of hopes is because i think we know where this story goes i hope akenta is in his ear i i yeah. I, I, I hope they're having a conversation about the the very real situation that he may find himself in because i i think jay white's incredible i think in a uh, in a WWE scenario, and I know everybody wants to say I'm going to be the the one to def- you know defy it. I'm going to be the one to right. to change it. I think he's Buddy Murphy 2.0 because <sighs> he's got the Kiwi accent versus the Australian one. Yeah, and. In their eyes, Buddy Murphy is a top guy because he's mixed up in this whole Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio to do. Is that still happening? Well, right now it's been on hold because Seth has been out. So, oh yeah, that's right. Really done anything? I even forgot he existed for a couple minutes. Wow. Yeah, sorry, he's just Murphy. They dropped the Buddy. Uh, hey, Buddy. Hey, Buddy. <laughs> buddy. I'm not but, your Buddy guy. Yeah, but but in short. I I I think that is his upside. I think that that's as high as he gets because I do think there are people who, if you asked in WWE, Murphy is a top guy there because that's what they see as a top guy. Yeah. Well, do you think Vince McMahon has ever heard the name Jay White? No. No. Of course not. Not at all. Of course not. not. I don't think he's heard a single guy's name until he's in like gorilla with him. Well, apparently he he's heard of Kota Bushi because <laughs> he gave him a high five once. What's up, big guy? Pow! <laughs> didn't even that's that's that is by far the greatest God, I mean, of a, God's of a perfect long idiot, litany Kota of Kota Bushi being uh, a hopelessly and adorably clueless. Yeah. That is that is a number one right there. See, the one that always sticks out to me is he hates books because it causes images to pop up in his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Also, is uh, top tier is him living on a twenty-five hour day schedule because <laughs> he goes to bed is, an hour later every night. <laughs> it's just troublesome. 
Sweet, I, sweet, stupid, anyway. sexy god Kota Ibushi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, I think I think the more likely uh, scenario is he sticks in Japan and maybe gets a, a babyface run. Yeah. Uh, the, you know. They did seem to lay the groundwork for it. The thing that was interesting about uh, New Year's Dash, and we'll talk about New Year's Dash, which we, we've covered every, all, all of the ins and outs of Wrestle Kingdom, is they were laying the groundwork for some stories, but right now we don't know when the hell those stories yeah. are going to be told. Uh, there is a <laughs> schedule, which is supposed to start next Monday, um, but... Uh, Tokyo is in a state of emergency, Uh, much how we talked about last week, the possibility of it affecting Wrestle Kingdom. It didn't affect Wrestle Kingdom. It didn't affect New Year's Dash, but it may affect all of these shows moving forward. So while, yes, there was groundwork laid, uh, don't know when we're going to see anything play out. Um, Anyway, also on the Wrestle Kingdom tip, we have new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions yeah we both called that wrong uh yeah uh as the grills of destiny ended up beating the dangerous techers of tai chi and zack saber jr uh certainly feels like the story is not done based off of uh new year's dash um but uh dude must continue exactly kenta did end up retaining the u.s championship right to challenge briefcase defeating Satoshi Kojima in a pretty decent match. Uh, Kojima definitely worked hard. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, we had a, a, a lot of the Kenta stalling, which yeah. you know, is not my favorite thing. Uh, also worth noting, there was a video promo from John Moxley, which appeared to be taped from the same location. They taped New Japan Strong. Yep. So maybe we will get a U.S. title match on U.S. soil between these two gentlemen. I think for, you know... For Tony Khan's sake, yeah. the smarter play is to do that um, than to try and send him to Japan to do yes. it. Um, you know, especially if you're trying to strike up some kind of a uh, bargaining thing happening here. You know, yeah. you got to give a little to get a little. So, uh, you know, send Kenta back. Have Kenta fucking show up on Dynamite, dude. You kidding me? Uh, oh, my God. That'd be amazing. Fashion with the briefcase. Yeah. Uh, People would lose their victory. mind. Yeah. Absolutely uh, lose their mind. It, it would be great. Uh, elsewhere on the Wrestle Kingdom, we had uh, the only other person aside from Kota Ibushi to have matches on subsequent nights, yes. I believe. Am I correct on that? Uh, I believe you're correct. Uh, Is Hiromu Takahashi, the yes. face of the junior division, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first night, he and uh, El Fantasma were the curtain jerkers, kicking off the show mm-hmm. on the main card after the New Japan Rambo, which, yeah. as a quick side note, had the most hilarious finish of all time where it it was basically like an Aztec warfare type thing. Everybody comes in a minute at a time. The last four people left go on to have a fatal four way the next day for the King of pro wrestling title. Yes. And there, the, the ring was littered with people. And then all of a sudden everybody starts getting eliminated. Uh, and then the music hits of Toro Iano, uh, yes. the 2020 King of pro wrestling. And by the time, even before he makes it to the ring, uh, everybody else, aside from the last three people, are eliminated. So by the two greatest words in the English language, default, Toriano, <laughs> uh, is is in the finals match uh, for the next day. So yeah. that is some hilarious booking. Yes, and Yano ended up uh, winning the provisional 2021 
Uh, so he he's right now a 2020 and 2021 King of Pro Wrestling in a match that legit feels like a meme booked it as it was uh, Toriano, Bad Luck Fale, Bushi, and Chase Owens. I feel like we jokingly booked that match when we were yeah. running through the options last week. I think week. we did. Yeah, uh, <laughs> But that's what it ended up being. And it was as good as it sounded. But as you were saying... We yes, had Hiromu against ELP on night one. ELP coming out in his Edge cosplay gear to the point where yeah. Edge even gave him some props on it. Um, this was a very good match. There is still something for me that ELP is missing. Like, there's something about him that still feels like high-end indie guy and not top-tier wrestler. I think it's a character. Yeah, <laughs> that that, the- that might be it. He has the like, and is is he doing that to mock Nakamura? The little thing that yeah, he does, the, like the, the headbanger bit. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, understand. I don't. I've never seen a single headbanger do that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I will say something I thought was interesting was Phantasmo going for all of the Bullet Club leaders' moves. Yes, during this match, um, yeah. it, it of course did not work out as uh, the. Um, uh, as uh, Hiromu hit a Hudakan Rana out of a CR2 mm-hmm. um, to uh, get the pinfall. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see him do every single Bullet Club move. Yeah, he hit uh, V-Triggers, went for a one-winged angel. He went for a... Styles Clash. Um, Styles Clash, which Hiromu ended up hitting on him. Yeah. Um, he he did, did the he Terminator do a dive. He did or a he teased dive. the Terminator yeah. dive, rather. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Hiromu ended up winning, going on to night two to face Taiji Ishimori. Uh, and this was a, 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 another really great match between these two. I mean, we, we shouldn't have expected anything less. Uh, but just, uh, we, you know, I said earlier that it, it felt like uh, Ibushi and Naito had perfected their match against each other. This felt yeah. like the perfected version of yeah. the match between uh, Ishimori and uh, Hiromu. The, the only problem, because to me, their their high-level bar was the Best of Super Juniors final in, right. I think, 2018? 18, uh, yeah. Maybe 2017, whatever it was. Uh, that is high-level mark for, for their matches. If this had had 40,000 people watching it, sure. instead of 7,000 in a 40,000-person venue who aren't allowed to cheer, I, yeah. I feel like it may have been better than that. So this was definitely a match where the lack of crowd response detracted. But it was still a very, very good match between these two. Yeah, this would be one of the ones that I would, you know, show to somebody who wants to get into New Japan. Yes. Because, uh, you know, there was the sprinting junior style stuff. They even worked in some sort of, you know, some kind of heavyweight action in there yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, a little bit of that fighting fighting spirit the, fun. The fighting spirit of uh, Hiromu eating like a dozen elbows and just keep coming back for more, yeah. you know, a very vicious side of Ishimori came out. Um, it was, uh, and I love both those guys. So I was fully invested in that match. And the fact that it went on as the, uh, you know, the semi main for yeah. a junior match is, is awesome. And I, you know, really they have Hiromu to thank for that. Cause he yeah. is such a wonderfully talented person and yeah. is so over and is so, Oh God. Enigmatic. He's just, he's just overflowing with charisma and you can't, he just attracts your eyeballs wherever he goes. Yes. So, uh, bullet club going one and one there, gaining a title and losing a title over the course of, uh, wrestle kingdom. (laughs) Now a stable that did not have, uh, the best week, although one of their best matches 
is the Empire, or as they're now called, the United Empire, which mm -hmm. I, I think is sure. an interesting uh, change. Uh, we had uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi going over Great Okan, which, like we kind of thought, was not really all that wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Okan tried. Tanahashi tried. It's just not there. It, it's, it's just really not there. Um, meanwhile, Osprey pulling out the old Okada for one of the greatest matches of this week. You know, a yeah. week that had great matches. Uh, yeah. I, I would say of this year, but we'll see how the calendar goes. But it was the Okada of old just uh, absolutely blowing our minds, him and Osprey going 1-1. Shocked to see Osprey lose this one, though. Yeah, we both had him winning. Um, I still think, you know, it was the performance was good enough to help raise him up to, yeah. you know, the next level. But, you know, a win really would have sealed the deal. Yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> uh, would have. And, and Okada at this point can take an L. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's some greater plan down the road of it. Yeah. But these two were beating the shit out of each other. Yes. And I was fucking into it. Uh, you know, you had a definitely a, a less less than normal flashy will osprey mm -hmm. still hitting some of the you know the the fluid high flying stuff that he that he's known for and like kevin kelly said on the commentary i feel like some of these names uh moves need new names because you know heel dickhead will osprey hitting pip pip cheerio uh, doesn't really <laughs> i don't know pip up cheerio feels like it works for a dickhead osprey <laughs> uh, i mean he's always been a dickhead uh, <laughs> well fair <laughs> but uh but yeah the the, the match was absolutely fantastic yes. I highly recommend i i would probably put that as my match of the night for night one uh, yes. only slightly over naito and ibushi yes. um just because we had seen that so many times before yeah. the payoff was great but just in terms of the action and the two guys giving and taking and, and selling everything for the other guy yeah. that was really really something special and it looks like it's going to continue as well okada yeah. in his post-match comments you know just trying to build the hype saying that this is the start of a you know a whole other legacy as as okada settles into the tanahashi ace role mm -hmm. as tanahashi settles into the uh, new japan dads uh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. roster uh, yeah so 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 yeah and you know I still think I still stand by my statement. We'll come back and revisit it a year from now that uh, Osprey is, uh, you know, very good chance to be in a main event at Wrestle Kingdom next year. Yes. Yes. Especially if a Jay White is not a part of the company. Yes. Uh, he, he will definitely be the replacement there. And Okada, uh, most notably, returned uh, with the Rainmaker for this match. Yeah. Finally. Well, despite multiple money clip attempts. Yes. Finally. Uh, but the uh, other match for the United Empire the Rough House Special, as we jokingly called it, but boy, did it turn out to be true in practice. The Holy never shit. open weight championship match. Shingo Takagi successfully successfully defends his belt against the United Empire's Jeff Cobb in Jeff Cobb's greatest match ever, hands down. Well, like, I don't think there's any question. Yeah. Uh, one of Shingo's best. And I've seen a lot of Shingo over the years. I've been watching this guy for 15 years at this point. I'm jealous of you for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him since he was a young boy in Dragon Gate and fucking doing a Ring of Honor stint. Um, but, uh, God damn this match. This, this was my pro wrestling. This, yes, this, yes. This, as as Biggie would put it, big big beefy dudes bumping meats or yeah, slapping yeah, yeah. meats. Yeah. Uh, God damn. Uh, this I, was 
amazing. I just just twenty minutes of pure hard hitting shit kickery. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I There's no other way to describe it. Uh, Chris, I, I, I think you remember this very well. When we went to MSG and they yeah. did, uh, what was it, uh, Bandito, Taiji Ishimori, and, and Dragon Lee, and yeah. about three minutes in, I was cackling with joy at just yes. the crazy shit they were throwing out. Yes. That's what this match did for me with yes. dudes beating the shit out of each other. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's when I know I have a good wrestling match where I'm, I, I, I cannot help but cackle at the insanity of, of the, the, the almost locomotion way that these things are just building on each other and building on each other and more crazy shit is happening. Yeah, they, they kept upping the ante because nothing would put the other guy away. And, you know, there it, it wasn't one of those matches where nobody was selling anything. They were selling the shit out of everything. Yes. Uh, probably because they had no choice because they were beating the ever-living shit out of each other. Um, but, you know, just overcoming uh, one big move to pull off the next big move to pull off the next big move in a chain of big moves, you yeah. know, like 15 minutes into the match of getting, you know, tossed around, which is hard to do because Shingo Takagi is not a small guy. Uh, but Jeff Cobb is a fucking mass of human being. Yes. Um, and was tossing Shingo around. A legitimate for, like, Olympian. Lest yeah. we forget. <laughs> you had 15 minutes into this match, Shingo pulling out a wheelbarrow German on the <laughs> 300 pound plus Jeff Cobb. Like it was almost nothing. I'm like, these, these two men are not mortal. They're, they're out there of another realm. And I, I wanted another 20 yeah. minutes of it. Yeah. This, this, I, I don't, I don't want to say that because I, I feel like 40 minutes of that would have been too much. Yeah, no, but, no. I, I, I think another... 20 minutes is a perfect amount of time yeah. for a pro wrestling I, match. I need it uh, again. Uh, yes, you know, I'd yeah, run it yeah. back. G- give us more, please. Um, Although what it looks like is yeah. that uh, the next challenger for Shingo Takagi, who won the match, by the way, yes. uh, for his never open weight uh, championship, which is kind of settling to be the second uh, most important belt in yeah. Japan right now with Naito asking for the IC and world titles. Uh, Abushi. Com- Abushi asking um, for yes, them yeah, to be combined. Abushi, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Asking for them to be combined. Uh, it looks like uh, Tana. Old, uh, yeah, Tanahashi and Shingo looking to be from from New Year's Dash. To talk about New Year's Dash real quick. Um, you know, it, it was about sort of setting the table for those next steps. So it, it looks like we are getting Shingo and Tanahashi for the Never Open Weight Championship. Big moment for Shingo. Big moment for the Never Open Weight title. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that's really, really cool. Uh, for the junior belts... Uh, it, something less interesting, but still worth noting. ELP and Ishimori oh. getting set up as challengers against uh, Desperado and Kanemaru for the junior championship proper. It sounds like uh, we're going to get Hiromu and Show, which yes. I'm very, very into. And uh, after defeating Evil in a grudge match on night two of Wrestle Kingdom, Sonata putting himself directly in as the number one contender of the IWGP heavyweight championship, getting right in uh, Abushi's face at the end of night two of Wrestle Kingdom. And it continued on at New Year's Dash as they got in each other's face. But also, uh, Sonata was the last guy to come out for LIJ when they were coming out for their main event tag match. Naito I mean, was like third. Come on. In terms of, in terms of popularity, second, I know Sonata like has his fans for whatever reason. I guess yeah. it's the, the himbo look is yeah, going for yeah, him. Yeah, the piss beard. People like the piss beard. But you look at LIJ, you have Naito, yeah. you have Hiromu, you yeah. have Shingo. Yeah. 
you got Sonata and Bushi. I mean, come the fuck on. And Bushi. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no competition here, but yeah. you know, you, you can make you can make you can make anybody a star. You know, we used yes. to, you know, it, it's all it's all about the presentation. We used to something um, my old uh, coworker uh, Steve Huber used to say is I at the radio station, I'll make any song a hit. <laughs> it's just it's just how how often and when you play it, yeah. you, we, people will will like it. Uh, yep. It's just the choosing of that song is the hard part. And that's right. the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, which was the most infuriating part of my job <laughs> <laughs> was arguing for actual good songs to be put in that position. But that, yeah. I, I digress. Uh, but I guess Sonata won, you know, won the spot this time to get put in that position. Um, yeah. You know, is Sonata likely to overcome Kota Ibushi and, and you know, win these titles? I wouldn't hope so. Yeah, I, I I think the likelihood is low. But I mean, we did have a inspired Sonata at Tokyo Dome, which yeah, like we talked about last week, is hit or miss. And yep. when Sonata is inspired, you know, he's very much like Randy Orton in this way. When Sonata gives a shit, it's easy to give a shit about what he's doing. When That's he true. doesn't give a shit, you don't give a shit. So you know, uh, I, I I'm I'm hoping for a a uh, a focused and excited Sonata uh, and, and getting a title shot. Yes, Sonata, perhaps. Yes, yes. <laughs> wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So so that laid out. We we have already in the match of the year discussion. We've probably got. Uh, let's see, uh, Okada Osprey. I've started a spreadsheet, one. or not yeah. a spreadsheet. I've started a note with my. So, Potential matches of the years. So, uh, Shingo and Jeff Cobb, yes. uh, Okada Osprey, Ibushi mm-hmm. Naito, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, I thought about uh, probably Ibushi White belongs in that list yeah. as well, uh, and and possibly Ishimori uh, Hiromu. Um, yeah, in, I mean, in, in in that same discussion, if we're going to put Ibushi White there, yeah, but again, I don't think either of those are better than. Shingo Cobb and yeah, or yeah. Okada Osprey. Right. So I'm trying, you know, I could have put, you know, half the Wrestle Kingdom card on here as matches of the year, which, you know, is something that happens from year to year. Yeah. Uh, but the other match happened this week on Wednesday as we transition into. That's right. It was AEW Dynamite. It was New Year's Smash night one. <laughs> Postponed a week due to the uh, um, uh, the the Brody Lee Memorial Show uh, last week, which was incredible. Uh, and this week, um, of course, it airing on Wednesday made for an interesting watch. I I had to catch up later because uh, I w- I did not have the focus for ProRes on Wednesday night. Gonna be totally <laughs> honest with you, folks. Neither uh, did most people because the ratings uh, yes. drop like three hundred thousand people. Yes, you being one of them. Yes, my bad. Uh, but uh, we had an absolutely outstanding, unbelievable main event. On paper, we knew it was going to be good. Yeah, but Kenny Omega defending the AEW World Championship against Ray Phoenix definitely sits among those matches already said as matches we will be talking about at the end of the year as the greatest of the year. Uh, uh, We are getting there. It it was wondered when we would get, you know, 
New Japan Kenny Omega on television. Best bout machine, baby. When we get best bout machine on TV, on TNT, on a semi-regular basis. Well, we got him, folks. Yeah. Uh, he and Phoenix were unreal here. Unreal. Uh, uh, Ray Phoenix does things in the ring that for a guy with his injury record, he should not be able to do. Yeah, he's 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 a freak athlete. Um, and, yes. you know, having seen him live multiple times at my Lucha Underground uh, pilgrimages, um, he's just so much fun and electrifying to watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any I don't I don't even know who's why well, there's a couple people in the ballpark. But in terms of. You know, everybody wants to say the next Rey Mysterio this, the next Rey Mysterio that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he's second, and the th- whoever is in third place, whether you know it be Pentagon or Bandito or Flamita, Ray Horace, Dragon Lee is up yeah, there yeah. as well. Any, any number of Roosh, these people, you know, uh, they're all, they're all a distant third to yeah. Ray Phoenix. He's just on another level. And honestly, you know, if this continues for another five to ten years, I I would dare say he will surpass what Rey Mysterio accomplished uh, just because, you know, the business has changed. And yeah, I, I, I think the key thing that's holding back Ray Phoenix right now is even AEW for as much as they push him, they haven't gotten behind him as a top guy. We can argue about the effectiveness of how WWE got behind Rey Mysterio as a top guy, because it seems like every time he was world champion, the story was Rey just keeps barely sneaking it out. And he never really got pushed as like the champion champion. Phoenix hasn't even had a, a a chance like that on the national stage. Sure. He will get there, I've no doubt, especially if he continues to have matches like this. I mean, yeah. uh, the, the the you can't escape reversal turn into a flipping German suplex is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, the the dives, like the, he did a tope that, that went into the, almost went into the front row. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like actively trying to murder himself. Yeah, the Tornillo turned into uh, a rising knee from yeah. Omega. Uh, the the sick, sick, sick V-triggers. Uh, the, the poison Rana that, that Phoenix did out of the one-wing angel setup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, un- unreal. Absolutely yeah. unreal action. Uh, and little did we know that after the one wing angel put him down for three, we would have uh, an angle that I, I feel like had it happened a week prior would be an incredible bookend to 2020. Sure. Um, I, I, I feel like the discourse of the week beyond pro wrestling has hurt this a little bit, but let, let us break down the main event angle that followed. So uh, after the match, uh, Don Callis grabbed a mic, said something was happening backstage. Eddie Kingston and the family of the Butcher and Blade were beating down Pac and Penta backstage. Callis said, oh, no one's going to come out and help you now, Phoenix. So John Moxley, who had cut a promo earlier in the night saying that he will get his revenge on Kenny Omega, he runs down with a barbed wire bat, hits Omega in the stomach with it. Here come the varsity blondes to try to make a save. They're taken out. Here come all the uh, other guys from ringside, but it's the fucking Good Brothers out there, too. The Good Brothers, the Impact Tag Team Champions, come out, make the save, lay out Moxley with a magic killer, whole big to-do, and then out come the Bucks. Yeah. 
And the Bucks are there to try to reason with Omega and the Good Brothers because they have their history together. Sure. But as soon as the blonde, Varsity Blondes try to make an attack on Omega, the Bucks super kick them away. And we got two sweeps for everybody. And it looks like the Bullet Club, or at least a version of it, has reformed in AEW. Yeah. Well, I mean, it all... All the cards were in line. You know, yeah. you had the Callus Impact connection, yes. uh, the Good Brothers being there on a contract, being the tag champions, yeah. you know, the ties with Omega and Omega tagging with them this coming Saturday at the Impact pay-per-view, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, this this coming Saturday night. Yes. Um, and then, you know, the Bucks being there and all these sorts of things. Every, everything was there. You just had to assemble the pieces. And mm-hmm. I guess whatever this wor- working relationship between Impact and uh uh, AEW is will continue for a bit because it looks like this is going to be a hot angle going forward. Um, no word yet on where Cody lies in this mm-hmm, whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, it's the elite sort of thing, you know, the elite technically is just Bucks and Omega, right? Right, right. That 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 was the elite. The three right. of them. Oh, well, them, uh, also the golden elite with Kota Ibushi. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah. you know, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, no, obviously not now, but hopefully a later. A, a later could could come yeah. into play. But yeah, so, you know, Cody definitely, but has the, the BC history. Yes. Um, Paige, you know, looks like he's kind of off with the dark order right now. Mm-hmm. It's weird not seeing Hangman on the episode. Yeah. Because, but it was a lot of stuff going on. So I, Yeah, I, yeah. I, it, was, it, was, it was a very, very packed show for New Year's Smash. I mean, we also had uh, Hikaru Shida going against Abaddon. Um, uh, uh, they tried something, but Abaddon tried. is clearly not ready yet. No. Uh, Shida, no, of course, not, it was not very good. Uh, the belt there. Uh, Cody Rhodes had a match against Matt Seidel. Um, Decent match. It was more about the post-match angle where Luther and Serpentico tried to attack Cody, but uh, Seidel made the save. And then Snoop Dogg, who was out there with Cody Rhodes, hit a frog splash, I guess. <laughs> Something on, resembling. Uh, on Serpentico. Yeah, he looked kind of landed on his feet and then fell over. <laughs> yeah. sort, of, sort of. Hey, man, you know what? I give the guy. He, I gave him credit. He, he went mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. He just didn't really pull it off. Uh, we had the weigh-in for the Darby Allen Brian Cage match, which was another great promo for Daddy. Taz. Uh, and uh, oh, Wardlow, Jake Hager. What did you think of that, Chris? I think that Jake Hager should not be employed in pro wrestling. Is what <laughs> I think. He's the drizzling shits. I mean, Wardlow did the best he could to make him look like something. Man, Jake, he, I don't know, like I, I, he sucked in Lucha Underground. I remember him <laughs> being having some good matches in WWE back in the day, but I don't know if that's just based on WWE's, you know, where they fall in good matches and what constitutes a good match in WWE as composed yeah. to what, uh, as opposed to what we've come to expect in AEW. He does not fit in with AEW. He is yeah. the drizzling shits yeah. and should not be employed on a national level. Uh, sorry. Sorry to his, you know, MAGA loving family. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he 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 deserves not to work. I don't want yeah. him to work anymore. Can we get rid of him yeah. anyway? That that'd be great. So next week, New Year's Smash. Into Tony's DMs and ask him to. Um, <laughs> I I've got a I got a few things to ask for Tony here, up to and including like mm, fucking. Put, can we can we put Deanna yeah. Perrazzo on TV? That'd be great. I, yeah, like that'd that. be great. Yeah. Can we put Jericho on TV less? <laughs> 
because <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, oh. I came close at multiple points to shutting to hitting the mute button on Dynamite because Chris Jericho on commentary was unfucking bearable. Chris un-fucking had himself a bearable. week, didn't he? Chris had himself he, a real week. Yeah, oh yeah, he had himself a week. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, you know, I'm, mm. I'm curious to see what was going through his dinky ass mind on yeah, fucking Wednesday cause, afternoon. Because he had but, a guy on this week talking about conspiracies, and he was talking about COVID, about how it's only it's not a real pandemic. Not a real pandemic. Oh, oh. And what? by the way, uh, I don't know if you saw last night. Nick Jackson revealed that he had COVID in September. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah. didn't see that. Yeah, and and he literally put a thing on Instagram about he tag Chris Jericho. He didn't tag Jericho, but he put a thing on Instagram. It was like, you know, I had it in September. It was terrible. I'm only now getting my my cardio back. I don't know how people can say this isn't real. So, well, talk to your top, talk, talk to your boy. <laughs> you know, yeah, he he needs to be reined in um, yeah. because, and he needs to not be put on commentary for an hour. Small doses during a match. If he was just on commentary versus Hager and Wardlow, fine. You know, yeah, it gets it. It, it makes sense. It helps put you know the whole inner circle story over. That's great. A whole two hours of Chris Jericho, not good. Plus Very Excalibur bad. Jr. and Shivani. Yeah, and and no, no, wow. that is not good TV. That is that is the opposite. That's a tune out. I mean, that yeah. I almost stopped listening. Obviously, I'm not going to stop watching because this is you know. I need to watch it for this. Uh, <laughs> That's the only thing that keeps you watching, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not my love for Phoenix and Kenny Omega. Uh, yeah, just yeah, this this, this podcast and my adoring dozens of listeners who listen. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it Jericho needs to be reined in. It, yeah. it, both it, uh, on screen, behind the scenes. Come and get your scenes. boy, guys. Come and get yeah. your boy. You know, and, and you know, whoever he wants to donate his thousands of dollars to – that's his business. We all know where he stands on certain things, but when he's out there perpetuating falsehoods uh, and being annoying as fuck, yeah. you, it's time to say something. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's it's not good. It's not great. Uh, and I will say, uh, I'm already cringing a little bit about next week New Year's Smash Night Two. The Inner Circle's New Year's resolutions. <sighs> I hope this is a pre-record and not live because their yeah. their live segments tend to go way long. Well, I, I believe the show as a whole is taped. I might be wrong. Okay, but no, you're be- probably right. I, I believe it is taped. Anyway, uh, we've also got Britt Baker bringing the waiting room to Dynamite because uh, Thunder Rosa no, no longer able to be part of the show because of uh, uh, interacting with someone who had COVID. So the waiting room coming from AEW Dark heading to Dynamite as she's going to sit down with Cody Rhodes. Uh, we've got FTR versus Jurassic Express, and it's going to be the duo of Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus, which means FTR is winning. It's going to um, be fun, though. Yes, yeah, should be very fun. Uh, we got Miro versus Chuck Taylor, where if Chuck Taylor loses, he becomes Miro's ball washer, uh, young boy. <laughs> uh, we've got for the NWA Women's Championship, Serena Deeb defending against Tay Conti, which actually might be good. Yeah, uh, and uh, a match I know we're both very much looking forward to: Pac versus Eddie Kingston. Oh yes! And the main event is for the TNT Championship: Darby Allen with that brand spanking new black strapped belt, defending against Brian Cage. I like it. I like the belt. I like that match. Um, I, if I had to guess, yeah. I'd say Sting comes to 
Darby's rescue to help him get the win at this point. Yeah. Because uh, there really doesn't seem to be anything else that would make sense <laughs> for, for Darby to retain. Right yeah, now. yeah. Or or Sting prevents interference from Will Hobbs and right. Ray Starks or something like that, yeah, which yeah, helps yeah. him get the win. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that's what that's. I didn't yeah, mean yeah, yeah. like you know. You, you know. Oh, oh, you don't mean it's gonna be like a belt shot to uh, or or a, a bat a, shot a to bat the head to of yeah. Cage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, that, that makes it. It should be a very good show and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll be in a situation where, um, you know, uh, 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 a lot less things are going on in the outside world so I can sit down and, and watch two hours of wrestling and not doom scroll the entire time. Well, if you want to follow along, I will be um, live posting on Parlor. No, wait, that one got to <laughs> I'll be live posting on Gab. Which I guess <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, so, that's the newest, uh, come, latest Come join me one. on Gab, I yeah, guess. At Roughhouse SGW. Okay, Chris, good news. Yeah. I don't know if you realize this. We have more Twitter followers than the president. (laughs) (laughs) The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Roughhouse uh, Podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Roughhouse Podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Do you have a little wrestling fan who's just bad at math? Are you worried they won't get their multiplication tables this year? Well, Booker T is here to help you with learning math with Booker T. Bob Tab! Bob Tab! Bob Tab! Booker T will help you with your multiplication, like what? Bob Tab! 25 is. Or what? Bob Tab! 8 is. If you order now, we'll throw in another educational tape for you. Learning fractions and percentages with Scott Steiner. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance. Minus my 25% chance, and you've got an eight and a third chance of winning. That's learning math with Booker T. And if you can't learn math with Booker T, you are definitely a sucker!